you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 27, reading through the end of the chapter. You'll remember that Jesus had just met with his disciples for the Passover meal. And at the meal, he had again told them what was coming. And again, they had refused to believe. Mark 14, beginning in verse 27, this is God's word. You will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him 
and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony about him, against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple, and in three days will build another not made by man. Yet even their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his robes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy an inspired word. That's a sad place to end the passage, isn't it? Peter broke down and wept. 
Certainly, throughout these verses, we see Peter's failure. He really blew it. And not just once. But we should not doubt his sincerity. Peter really wanted to do the right thing. Unlike Judas, who had already made arrangements to betray Jesus. And yet pretended at dinner that he loved Jesus. And at dinner, he said, along with the others, Surely not I, Lord. Peter wasn't doing that. Peter meant it. In verse 34, he promised that even if all of them failed, he would stand true. But he didn't. He didn't. He couldn't even manage to stay awake for an hour. Verse 34, Jesus had taken three, the closest friends, out of the group, Peter, James, and John. He had taken those three, verse 33 says, left the others further back, brought those three with him, and then asked them to watch. You keep watch. Instead, they went to sleep. Jesus came back to them, woke them up, and said, couldn't you even watch with me for one hour? And they fell right back to sleep. Three times. The three closest friends of Jesus failed three times to just watch with him as he suffered in prayer. In verse 47, Jesus has awakened them after their three failures. And Peter now is going to try and make things right. Because when they come to arrest Jesus, Peter takes his sword and attacks one of them, managing to cut off the ear of the high priest. I don't think that's what he was aiming to do. Okay? If you take aim at a guy's head, you're probably aiming to remove it, like Peter had undoubtedly done with countless fish. But people are built a little differently. They have shoulders and things. And so he managed to cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And Jesus didn't say, hit him again! Jesus told him, put your sword away. And Mark doesn't tell us this because it's not the point of the story. But we read in John's Gospel that it was Peter who did that. Here it just says one of them. But it was Peter. And we read in Luke's gospel that Jesus healed the man named Malchus, who was the servant of the high priest. That had to be strange. Here they are arresting him and the one guy who got injured, Jesus healed him. He didn't come to destroy us. He came to save us. He came to heal us, not to save himself. 
He prayed, Father, if there's any other way. Now, why would he do that? He'd already told them he's going to die. But if you think Jesus was just blissfully like, hey, guys, listen, I'm going to get crucified, but it's no big deal. It was a huge deal. It was horrific. But Jesus, even though he didn't want in the flesh to go through with it, yielded his life to the Father. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. In the old English, thy will be done. Then verses 66 through 72, we see Peter's most famous failure. We're all familiar with it. Unfortunately, it's one of the main things Peter is famous for doing. Look at verse 66 through 72. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. Do you think he was uncomfortable at that point? She kept looking closely at him. And then she said, you also were with the Nazarene Jesus. And Peter did what some of us have done on occasion, and that is just to reflexively lie. Somebody's saying we did something, may be true, but we're not ready to own it. Peter denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. I'm, I'm getting out of here, okay? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I told you as we started this gospel that it is believed by most and with good grounds that this is Peter's telling of the story which Mark is recording. It's God's word, it's inspired, it's perfect, it's true. But it's interesting the things that Peter includes and the things that Peter doesn't include in his telling of the story. I think it fits that Peter included the fact that the rooster crowed and he kept on denying the Lord. Jesus had warned him. Now, arguably, the rooster is warning him. But he continues on. Verse 69, when the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them, and again he denied it. And after a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. How could they tell? How would y'all guess that they could tell? He had a Galilean accent. It was, out, it was the country, okay? It was the rural area. And so his accent gave him away. And so the others began to say, She's right, you are one of them. Peter, at this point, calls down curses on himself, swearing it's not true, I'm not. And just then, the rooster crowed the second time. And then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken to him. 
before the rooster crows twice, you'll disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. What a miserable, miserable moment. One of the other gospel tells that at that point, Jesus, who was not out there with him physically, but who was in the inner area, looked at him and caught his eye. Have you ever felt like a complete failure? Have you ever been warned, don't do that or bad things will happen? That's the history of humanity, folks. Starting all the way back in the garden when God said, don't eat the fruit of that tree, for in the day you eat of it, you'll die. And we did it anyway. And all of us have done it ever since. But this really, as dramatic as Peter's story is, and as much of the text as is devoted to what happens with Peter, this really isn't about Peter. Mark 1.1 starts this way. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus, the Son of God. This story is about Jesus, who knew what was coming and who warned his followers, and they all failed to understand and failed to believe and failed to obey. And Peter's failure is in the spotlight, not just because he's the one telling the story, but it's in the spotlight not because he was the worst. It's in the spotlight because Peter was arguably one of the best. Jesus had said to him when he identified Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the Most High God, you are blessed, Simon. Because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, your name from now on is going to be the rock. Peter, that's what we're going to call you. Peter, who was one of the three closest friends of Jesus. John says, well, he, he, he loved me the most. <laughs> okay? That's what John says. Read his gospel. But Peter got special focus from Jesus, even in the other gospels. And he blew it. The story's about Jesus. The good news is about Jesus. Consider his suffering. He was forsaken by all of his friends. And then, the fake trial. They were violating Jewish law by doing what they did, having that trial in the middle of the night. That was not a legal proceeding. But who cares about the law? Who cares about the truth? We've got to get this guy killed. So they got a fake trial. And they bring in a bunch of fake testimony. He's falsely accused. Has anybody ever lied about you? Is that miserable or what? 
Don't you want to set the record straight? Don't you want? I did not say that. Right? We, we want people to know the truth, and when people lie about us, it's just miserable. It hurts. My brother's response to that many times was to say, when somebody says something that's unfair or untrue about me, I just have to realize, thank God they're not telling the things that really have happened. Okay? But in Jesus' case, he was perfect. That's why they couldn't come up with anything. That's why the only testimony they could get against him was lies. So he's falsely accused and then condemned for telling the truth. They ask him a question. He answers with the truth. And they say, blasphemy. A high priest rips his robes. That was an expression of absolute fury and sorrow. This is intolerable. We can't allow this man to live. And everyone goes, we're with you, man. So at that point, when they voted to condemn him, their fun begins. They spit on him. They blindfolded him. They repeatedly hit him with their fists. And meanwhile, they're mocking him, making fun of him, saying, prophesy! Who hit you, huh? And folks, that was just the beginning of what he would endure in the coming hours. But Jesus not only endured it, Jesus saved us by it. The Bible says that everything that stood against us was nailed to that cross. Jesus overcame the forces of darkness by the cross. The victory that we could not win, he won by the cross. That's why we celebrate this. Jesus conquered through weakness. And we need to realize that, or we might still be pulling off, pulling out our swords and wanting to lop off somebody's head, thinking that we're going to do a good thing for Jesus. It's not the way it works. So, the good news is about him. The good news is about what he accomplished. Peter was arguably the best, and he failed, and failed, and failed, and failed. And Jesus, at that point, didn't say, Okay, Father, you've seen this. I'm out of here. Okay? I mean, these people are not worth saving. This, this guy, he's been with me three and a half years. I've poured into him, 
And look at this. But Jesus kept praying, Thy will be done. He did that not just for Peter. He did it for you. He did it for you. He didn't just love Peter. He loves you. How will you respond? You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org. Abiding in Christ is paid for by the generous donations of listeners like you. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. You can make a donation online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org.